Next on MLR Weekly, Seattle owner Adrian Balfour on all things Major League Rugby and USA Rugby, plus Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pump, and Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hello again and welcome to this week's MLR Weekly as presented by Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in New York City, thank you for joining us. And we will not disappoint you. We have a big show. We have Mr. Adrian Balfour, owner of the Seattle Seawolves and Renaissance Man. He's going to talk everything MLR, USA Rugby, and of course the Seawolves. But before we get to Mr. Balfour, we have our recurring segment, Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick. John... Get us going. Let's start with some happy trails. L.A. Giltini's flanker, Angus Cottrell, who played two seasons in L.A. and won a championship, has officially retired from professional rugby. Matt, does this support your theory that it's last call for the L.A. Giltinis and MLR? Uh, I don't know. I think they're a colorful franchise. They might not be back in the same iteration they were, but they'll be back. Next! Fascinating. Let's go up to Seattle. Prop Kellen Gordon, an MLR champion himself, announced his retirement from professional rugby as well. Another good player, solid citizen. Wish him nothing but the best. Next. Departure. Utah Warriors lock Puna Guli signs with Japan Rugby League one side, Honda Heat. Let's hope his passport is up to date because it'll be quite the odyssey traveling to Japan. I hear Guli and Utah reached an accord and that the conversation was civic. Matt, speaking of Hondas, do you know a good dealership where I can get one? I don't know what drives you, John, but yes, Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. Next! Trade alert, Old Glory DC sends salary cap considerations in 2023 and their second round pick in next year's draft to New England in exchange for prop Quinton Newcomer. He's a local boy, grew up in the DC suburbs. Matt, do you think he will channel his inner Ozzy Osbourne? You mean I'm coming home or whatever? I'm, I'm coming home. Ozzy! You don't f- man. Staying with Old Glory, they re-signed center junior Sal. He scored nine tries last season. Good. Tied for fourth in the league. Tied for fourth in the league? Not worth a mention. Next! Let's go up I-95. New England Free Jacks. They re-signed American winger Zach Bastries to a two-year deal. Zach was drafted in the third round of the 2021 MLR Collegiate Draft, a late round gem. He is one fast bastress. Last but certainly not least, head north to our Canadian brethren, the Toronto Arrows. They have signed Canadian international fly app Shane O'Leary. Shane played the last two seasons in France with Pro Didou. Très bien, très bien. Prochain. That's it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mr. Joe. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. Wait. What about the shirt? Oh, the American Raptors? Yeah. About how they may potentially join a Canadian team, the Pacific Pride, in an expanded SLAR starting in 2023. As, as soon as we come. find out what an expanded SLAR is, we'll get it to you, ladies and gentlemen. But what else you got? Is that it? Matt, that is it. All right. Thank you, Mr. John Fitzpatrick, with this week's Rugby Mornings Coffee Break. We'll be right back with Adrian Balfour. Selling or trading in your vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. With Easy Trade, start online or visit us in store. We want your vehicle, and we'll give you up to 125% of KBB value. It's easy at Sheehy. 
If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. Wheels on fire, taking them higher, like Speedy Gonzalez, making you tire. Classy ambition in every position, immense in defense, just like Mum's fence. Tactics, fanatics, hat-tricks, fantastic, there's nowhere to hide from the Welsh side vibe. Football tribe. World Cup pride. back with Mr. Adrian Balfour and sir you are a true renaissance man and I want to explain actually who you are to the people at home but there really is no explaining who you are but I'm going to give it a shot number one you're a guy that can basically do anything on a lake you can ski board tube and you can literally and figuratively drive the boat you're also somebody that spends a good amount of his time herding sheep on both sides of the Atlantic in Pennsylvania mm -hmm. and in Northern Ireland, right so far? You got it right. Mm -hmm. All right. I can do those things for sure. You also got this little thing called the Seattle Sea Wolves, but that's not even your day job. Your day job is basically, if I, I'm, I'm out of my depth here, but basically you design software that enables electric cars to function. Yes, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. You got it. Man, oh. you're good. You're good. All right. All right, so after that long bio, welcome, sir. Good to see you again. Good to see you again, Matt. Good to see you. All right, let's not waste any time. <laughs> L.A. and Austin. Those are two cities, correct. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of these days, one of you, you guys. Pass, you passed the test, Matt. Yes, oh. those are cities. In, the United States. in fact, they're in the United States, too. Warm weather cities for two Warm hours. weather cities, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh -huh. so gambling man, since you're not going to give me any intel, obviously, on L.A. And, and, and Austin situation yet. If you're gambling man, I've asked this of your fellow owners. How many teams next season to 2023? Um, I'm an optimist. Always have been, always will be. So I would say at least as many as we had last season mm. playing mm. next season. At least. Oh, that. Mm. Okay. All right. Okay. But having said that, I am an optimist. So just back you are an way. optimist. We yeah. like optimists. Mm -hmm. you, you have to be certifiably insane too, because you're doing this, you know. Optimistically insane. Yes. Optim <laughs> Fair enough. That's, okay. That's, Let's shift that's the nature of the game. Let's mm -hmm. talk Seattle Seawolves. 2023. Mm -hmm. You guys were on the cusp of winning your third championship. You've already got two in, under your belt. Mm -hmm. uh, what can we expect from the Seawolves in 2023? We made quite a lot of changes last season to the squad um, to kind of get us back into front foot rugby. Um, and we're keeping the core of the squad for this season coming up. And we're making a few sort of positional or, or key strategic hires, if you want to put it that way, in key positions. Um, and Clarky's been working hard um, getting those over the line. Head coach Alan um, Clark. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he's been working really hard to get those over the line. Um, and I, I think, you know, clearly we went to the final last season and we want to go one better this season. And it was, you know, maybe 
some questionable officiating that could have potentially cost you that third championship. And is that why you annexed Brad Tucker to New York? <laughs> no, that was Clarky as a decision um, on on how you know or jettisoned. I should say jettisoned. Uh, jettisoned. No, 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 no. Seattle no. to New York. No, it wasn't his fault that he had a no arms tackle on him. That's not not his fault. Um, and that the referee missed that call. Well, um, the I'm wound gonna... is still open, isn't it? Yeah, the the wound is pretty wide open there. Yeah, um, but you know, at the end of the day, it was a competitive game. I thought the better team won, to be honest. Um, I think they played well at home, um, and their back three and their scrum half had a blinder of a game, to be honest. So they they, they are deserved champions. Don't want to take anything away from them. Um, I think we could have um, had a slightly better performance. Um, I didn't think. I thought the referee didn't help us for sure. Um, but we want to go next season to come back and take it to the final and win the championship again. Um, there's no point in playing the game if you don't want to. Do you win. want to spread the love a little bit, though? Come on, you, you with the no, because no, what do you, we, no, no, you just want to win no. all the championships? What fun is yeah. that? Yeah. Well, I mean, our fans deserve it. They demand it. Yeah. CJ, so, Tony Ridnell, Rocky, Broccoli guy, the whole the whole crew. The whole crew. If they don't if we don't do well, you can you can just imagine what it's like to walk down the middle of Seattle if we don't do well. So we gotta do well. <laughs> it is an intimate place. It is, yeah. And, yeah, and that stadium's yeah. dynamite. So okay, mm -hmm. how do you you're selling out? How do you expand that stadium? Or or do you look for a different one? Well, I think the the um, the stadium. There's things you can do to make it more accessible um, in terms of parking, and there's more things that we can do in terms of seating configuration to to expand up and get more opportunity for fans to see the game. So there are some things we can do to, to kind of make it more accessible and get more people in the door so they can enjoy the game. Um, there's things we can do on watch parties and things like that to get remote accessibility too. Um, but one of the things that we are working on is we're working with the mayor. Um, Seattle has a new mayor that came in um, and we're working with that mayor and the school districts uh, in the Seattle school district to take a look at redevelopment of Memorial Stadium, which is the stadium right beside the Space Needle. Um, so we are working on that one. Um, we don't have anything to sort of officially announce at this stage, um, but we are actively working with the mayor to try and become an anchor tenant uh, at a brand new reimagined Memorial Stadium. How many would that seat? Um, I think the the plan that I saw last was about nine thousand seats, um, with another three thousand standing. That's, that's that's size, sort of size. Yeah. That's great. Why don't you send the likes of uh, Ridnell and Rucky and maybe Rickard Hatting over to to maybe chat with the mayor about all of this? <laughs> that could be kind of fun. Uh, I got a guy. If you need, it. I got a guy you can go talk to the mayor. Yeah, but it's, it's just, you know, what we're trying to do is we're trying to build a fun uh, environment in Seattle where people can enjoy the game um, and kids can have access to the game and then kids can practice outside of the game and, and we get more and more people, you know, being part of this fun thing called rugby. So that's what we're really trying to do. Um, and if we can get a bigger stadium, then more people can enjoy the game. Well, I've yeah, been up it, there a number of times and it is just great. It's a great environment. It's fantastic. It's, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's it's one of the top two three i know you're going to say it's number one i'm diplomatically always negotiating with everybody else to get paid so mm -hmm. i am going to say it's top three 
so yeah. I don't single out anybody. No, there's there's other stadiums that are great. I thought Boston was great. I really yeah. enjoyed that game. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's there's teams that need to improve where they play, um, and I think everyone's got a plan for for doing that. You know, if we go into 2031, the World Rugby World Cup, every team should be playing at a 10,000 seat stadium. That that would be a really good good victory for us. And if we could expand the league from, you know, its current size up to 26, 28, 30 teams by 2031, that would be another strategic goal. You yeah. mean from how many from the how many teams next year? From yeah, from from that to oh, you, know, you didn't. To 30. Oh, I tried to slide it in there. You didn't bite. I know. I know. You're sharp. I know. He's sharp. Yeah. He's no, very sharp. Yeah. Well, but I mean, you know, we're, you know, I think this seat. Going into next season, I think people are going to be happy. Um, I think the, the 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 league office have worked really hard and the board has worked hard to help keep everything moving forward in a positive way. Um, and everyone's working in good faith to to solve any issues that exist and, and, and move forward lockstep with a really happy, positive message going into 2023. And I think everyone's going to be pretty happy with it. All right. While, Once, we're, while we're speaking about happy things, let me let me yeah. twist it and get a little uh little angst in here there mm. are rumors circulating in the uh interwebs and reddit about a change perhaps at commissioner is there any is mr killabrew still on board killabrew is the he's the commissioner so i mean let's let's just let's just leave it leave it at that he is the commissioner he is okay. in charge yeah fair, mm -hmm. fair enough um mm -hmm. and we talked about growing the game 231 2031 mm -hmm. but when Will an owner or owners of USA of, of MLR franchises be on the USA Rugby Board because they have a stake in this, not just to develop, help players grow be, for the World Cup because you don't really have an obligation to that, but to develop mm. the fan base, it would be helpful if we had good national teams and you know, it would raise the awareness of rugby in this country. So when's that going to happen or is it going to happen? So we, we need to build the, the, we need to have a team in every major market in the U S they need to play in 10,000 seater stadiums. We need to get that base of rugby fans moving and we need to develop the player talent and the refereeing talent um, that, that can, can help make the game enjoyable for everybody. Um, you know, clearly we have a, a, a nine year roadmap that we need to you know execute upon to make that dream um a reality and usa rugby has a roadmap that they need to execute on it would make sense to kind of join those roadmaps together and work in lockstep so your idea about perhaps someone from mlr joining the board or getting involved in a more close relationship with usa rugby and rugby canada i think those those are good ideas mm -hmm. yeah Maybe get uh, a Bill Webb on the on the board for Toronto. Get somebody, two, three of you guys, start with one or whatever on the USA Rugby Board of Directors and and help. Not you know, not go in there to police, but go in there to help. And and you know, you're all successful businessmen, so you know how. I think it's a joined it's a joined up plan, Matt. Is what we're really looking for. Um, MLR creates a plan. USA Rugby has got a plan. Wouldn't it be nice if they were in lockstep and integrated and and, and working well together? That would be that would be great. Kumbaya. On that note, let's take a quick break and we'll come okay. back with more on LA and Austin and international players on rosters and the salary cap just after this. Been blind since I was four and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. 
None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think is on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. So let's get over to Major League Rugby squads and your take on the number of international players on each squad. I think right now it's 10 in the match day 23. So you're allowed 10 foreigners um, out of the squad of 23 players. So there's 13 Americans for, for, for on each, each team. I think that's a good number. Um, I think as you start getting towards the World Cup, that number may, may need to come down a little. But that's my personal view. Um, I, I think that number starts to come down as we bring on board our academies and players are coming through our academies and demonstrating that they can they can really, really play well, play hard. Um, I think it, right now it's good to have some foreigners on the squads because that you, you can create the spine of the team and everyone can learn from people who've been playing it since we we're six years old. Um, you know, so it helps it helps everybody learn and come together. Um, but I think, you know, over time it needs to come down. So okay, because this will coincide actually if you're if you're coming down mm -hmm. and you're expanding to what we're we're talking about, what, twenty eight, thirty teams per, perhaps yeah. as a goal for twenty thirty one, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where are we getting those players? Are we developing them on American soil to make up as we you know, we're going up in one direction? with teams and we're going down in international slots. Yeah, we have to develop players. Like you can't, you can't have 28 or 30 teams without players coming through academies. So um, Seattle's setting up an academy. Other teams are setting up academies where if you take a look at a 16 year old player today, they're basically prime in the prime of their playing career come 2031, right? So we need to focus on those youth players and get them brought through the academies and the systems. We're, we're going into season six for MLR. That's the sixth year in a row that um, Seattle have played. Um, we you know, are, are starting to get our groove on in terms of developing players. You saw a couple of players come through from local players from Seattle last season. Going to see more of that um, and more and more. And we would expect each of the other teams to be doing the same sort of thing. Um, so building your own player pool is always better than trying to buy a player pool. Yeah. And build, build versus buy. Build versus buy. I like it. And the, would the academies be like they are with soccer where they get a kid at an early age and they bring him to a school slash boarding school and teach him soccer. And then he's associated with the franchise. Everyone's going to do it, do it, do it their way. But, you know, you, you kind of take a look at under 14s. And you take a look at under 18s and then you take a look at under 20s and those sort of categories. Um, and you need um, competitions within each of those categories. Um, and the kids that are under 14 that do really well, they move into the under 18 programs. And then the under 18 program moves into the under 20 program. And then from the under 20 program, you're straight into MLR. So you're creating that pyramid structure 
Um, and obviously you, you want as many kids coming in at the under 14 level as you possibly can. So that requires working with schools, working with boys and girls clubs, working with, uh, with different groups um, that, that you can to pull those together. Rugby is not a mature sport, as we know, in the US. So it's, it's really starting from scratch and, and trying to, to pull, um, get the schools involved and get competitions going. I mean, it's one thing to play rugby, but if you don't have someone to play against, right? So yeah. if you, you know, so each you need multiple schools at each of those levels to 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 get to participate to to have those things happen, and then also there's there's club sides, you know, um, you know, and you get, you, you know, if you can't get a, schools to compete, then get different clubs to compete against at at those age groups as well. So, yeah, it's building that pyramid and make sure that the the base of the pyramid is wide. With a lot of people participating, that's that's how you win hearts and minds. That's how you build a successful franchise, and that's how you develop the player talent. You just tell parents, especially those travel ice hockey parents, how they don't need to be spending a thousand dollars every other week on equipment and travel and everything else. It's just, it's just cleats, right? Pair of, pair of cleats and a jersey, and off you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's wind this down. Your thoughts on the salary cap and uh, how to avoid the kerfuffle as I said to Tim Falcon, that we've had. Everyone wants, every owner wants to pay players. Um, and every owner wants their player pool to be healthy um, and for players to earn a living wage. Um, the difficulty is, as you raise the salary cap, you have to raise the insurance. So the insurance is tied to that. So it becomes very, very expensive very quickly, like a multiple of salaries. Um, so what's it like two times this, the, the cap is, is what the formula is for the insurance or something like that? Or I don't think it's quite two times, but it's close. To, in, in certain states, it'll be two times. Mm-hmm. In other states, it would be be less than that. Um, and I don't know what the rolling average is, maybe one and a half times or something wow. like that. But it's it's a lot of money on insurance. Um, so that's that's a difficulty when you when, when people look at salary caps, they say, oh, well, that's not a lot of money. Um, but the reality it's is not really it's, the cap. It's that's not the cap. Not the hit. It's, it's it's that's not how much it costs. So it costs an awful lot more um, than that to actually pay the players what they're paid. So, but we how do want to. What surprise was that to you guys? Did, did did you guys know that ahead of time when you were? I, saying, I didn't. I'll become an owner. I I didn't know that. Um, right. But sure as heck, I found out pretty quick. Um, but it, you know, I think one of the things is. You know, I think every everyone to a to a man or woman would like to raise the salary cap and pay players better salaries and living wages and things like that. We just have to find a way to do that that's commensurate with the business. You know, so what what is the point? We could double the salary cap today and then have teams go bankrupt. What's the point in that? Yeah, you know. So it's it's. I think I said it before, but we just have to grow the salary cap as we grow the sport. Um, and, and I know that's not a good answer for some people, but it's the only realistic answer that, that, that we can have. Um, you know, there is no point in teams going bankrupt. Why, why do that? You know, we're going to get there. You know, as we build towards 2031, we will get there. But it's just, it's just, you know, people sometimes overestimate what you can get done in a year or two, and they underestimate what you can get done in 10 years. So, so. we should be like trying to kick down every single insurance company's door to become a sponsor for the league, right? Well, USI is a sponsor for the league, um, so that's good. They're the largest private insurance company in the U.S. They're a great company. In the time that we've been speaking, have there been any new developments in L.A. and Austin? 
Um, those are still major cities in warm weather locations. Um, uh, I, I don't believe there's any change in status on that. I mean, I don't think there was an earthquake or anything that caused okay. LA to fall into the ocean. Okay. So right. I think we're, I think they're still the same. It's you know you could you know the old joke. How do you keep an idiot in suspense? I'll tell you tomorrow. I just keep hearing that over and over again in my head from you guys, but I'm still well, waiting. No one, I'm on the edge of my seat. No, no one's trying to frustrate anyone. Um, people are working very, well, I know very it's hard. Not deli- I know it's not deliberate, but you know, yeah. it's frustrating nonetheless. I'm, I'm sure it's as frustrating for you guys. Patience is a virtue, right? Okay. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Depends on yeah. how virtuous the person is. There you go. But, but right. you know, people are working really hard to 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 resolve any issues and make sure that we can move forward to a very successful 2023 season. And everyone's working in good faith and there's a lot of good people involved. So let's let's just see how that plays out. Final thoughts, Adrian, because we're running out of time. It's going to be a good season. And your Western Conference champions are going to be back. And we're going to make a real play to win the, win the championship in 2023. And will it be a cup, or it's because it's still going to be a shield? It's a it's a shield. Okay. Unless, some, unless someone's made a decision and not told me, but I, I if I'm in charge of that, I'm making it a cup so we can drink out of it. That's just what I want. It's, <laughs> you know Stanley Cup, the uh, the World Series trophy, the Vince Lombardi. They're all cups. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm an owner of a team. You have to talk to the commissioner about that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. That's above my pay grade. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that. But on that note, thank you, Mr. Adrian Balfour. Sure, thanks. Uh, Keep up the good work, Pat. Keep up the good work. Trying to do it, trying to do it. And I also want to thank Mr. uh, John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including the Rugby Odds, the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. And please join our American Red Cross blood donor team.